I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Oh, oh my God. He's my new kitten. Who I have another that? one, but this is my, my new six week old. I think she's six weeks old. And she's like this perfect little baby. It's the, so cute. I who love doesn't love a kitten? Kittens. I mean, I guess if you're allergic to cats, but I love a kitten. <laughs> I know. I married a very wonderful man who is allergic. These to These are actually hypoallergenic. So sad. So now it's all about the kitten. You know what? I have done the research on hypoallergenic cats and. I'm working on it. We're like working on that back. in my house. One right you now. Want. My father-in-law is very allergic. These these guys are completely fine with it. Okay, well, I'm into it. Um, well, without further ado, I wanted to introduce everyone to you, although I'm sure everyone already knows you, you need no introduction. But um, Gabby is a motivational speaker, the host of the Dear Gabby podcast, a spiritual guru, an entrepreneur and the author of nine New York Times bestsellers. That is amazing. Nine New York Times bestsellers. She uses her story and life experience to coach her audience through practices such as mindfulness and meditation. And Gabby has helped hundreds of thousands of people overcome really important and you know, life-altering topics like trauma, addiction, depression, and things that affect so many people that can be very difficult to talk about. Um, and I'm so honored and excited to chat with you, Gabby. It's wonderful to be with you. And I remember when we first met, you were like, I could, I was like, you know, I was like, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't be interested in this book. And then you're like, no, I'm interested in that stuff. And I was like, that is amazing that she has this desire. So here we are. <laughs> you obviously are interested in this stuff. <laughs> of course. I mean, I don't know who's not, but can you tell everybody a little bit about your kind of background and, you know, what is a spiritual entrepreneur and what, what is, what does it mean to incorporate spiritualism well, into I've your been daily in this life? field for 16 years and I've been writing books for 11 years. The work that I do is also based on the way that I live. So, I think that's probably one of the coolest things about my work is that everything that I do for myself to develop my own internal condition, to develop my spiritual connection is all infused into my books and my speaking and everything that I do. So that I guess is what it means to be a spiritual entrepreneur is to really embody the work that you teach. And I've had the privilege of being able to do this work for almost 17 years. Well, I, yeah, almost 17 years. And I, and I started really young at 25. I started my career. And I've just had this amazing, beautiful opportunity to up-level myself in the pursuit of supporting others to do the same. That's really cool. What made you start doing this? Like, how, how did you go from a career in PR to becoming an author with nine New York Times bestsellers? And how did you feel emboldened to tell such personal stories about your own life? Because I think that can be very difficult for people. I 
began my career in this field when I was 25. And that was in October of 2005. I got sober at that time. And when I got clean and sober at that age, on my own, with my own desire to, to get, get clean and start to change my life, I also reconnected to my spiritual roots. In doing so, I was then very quickly inspired to start to share what I was experiencing. And I'd already been speaking publicly prior to this to this shift in my life. I was a young entrepreneur. I had started a PR firm and I would speak often on marketing topics. And so now that I changed my lifestyle, I was changing my career path. And so I very start, quickly started using my, my speaking skills and began to give talks on my spiritual experience and what I was practicing. And if you look back at a talk I did 17 years ago, you'd be pretty much seeing the same energy and excitement and enthusiasm, just a lot more likes and more cursing and more hair flipping. Um, but it was, you know, it, it's beautiful to see the through line of where I began to where I am now and how my own personal growth and development has just continued to enhance what it is that I share and what it is that I offer, whether it be through a book or a podcast or a talk. And um, I had an interview today with someone who said, you know, seeing you from the beginning into this point, it's amazing to watch you in videos because you're, you're clearly doing the work because you're so much more grounded now than you used to be. So it's nice to see people doing the work that they talk about, really living, living, their, living their practice. What made you want to get sober when you first made that initial step that cascaded the rest of it? Um, at the time, I was uh, owned a nightclub PR company in New York City and was very hooked into the nightlife scene, which included a lot of drugs and alcohol. For me, I don't do anything half-assed and I did drugs hardcore too. So the same way that I've infused all that energy into doing good for the world, I also did it in the wrong way too. So the drug addiction that I had was so, so I was addicted to cocaine and it was so intense and life-threatening truly that I hit a hard, fast bottom. And in many ways, I'm really grateful that that was my drug of choice because I hit bottom so, so, so hard and so fast. And that's why I was able to get clean at such a young age and stay sober for 16 years now. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you have any thoughts for people who are kind of wrestling with addiction and um, maybe, maybe not, not necessarily addiction, but dependence on substances, because I think that there are a lot of people who don't consider themselves addicts who are dependent on substances. Yeah, it's a tricky substances. question. I think, um, according to the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, the definition of addiction is if you're powerless over the substance. So you start drinking, can't stop, or you use drugs and you can't stop, or that, that would be an example of powerlessness. And if your life has become unmanageable, Whereas unmanageability looks like, you know, I can't get up in the morning to take my kids to school because I'm hungover or unmanageability is I lost my job or I'm in jail or whatever, you know, all the things that become the unmanageable experiences in our life as a result of addiction. So if you're asking yourself those two questions or making a list to respond to those questions, usually that's a sure sign that recovery is necessary. And when I say recovery, I mean full-blown sobriety. And that means sober off of all substances. Uh, 
if you have a diagnosis and psychiatric support, that's not that's not the same thing. I'm talking about things that are not diagnosed by a doctor and, and prescribed. And so, uh, you know, I think anyone that's questioning whether they need to stop using drugs or alcohol probably needs to. That would be my guess. Not my guess, but my strong, strong hit. Because if you're having that kind of intuition, that's your inner wisdom saying there's something better. There's this kind of thought process in surgery also that you have to listen to your little voice. If your little voice is telling you that the patient has a mm -hmm. problem, then the mm -hmm. patient has a problem. You know, you can't, go, you can't, you can't let the sun rise or set on an issue because like that little voice oh, that's a beautiful is your intuitive voice that. mm -hmm. that's telling you that. Yeah, especially as a doctor, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, how does trauma play a role in getting you to think about things productively? Because you've really written and spoken a lot about some extremely traumatic experiences. Would you be able to share with I us a little bit about that? I recently published a book called Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace. And this book is a guidebook. It's I will guide you from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace. That is the promise of the book. My face is on the cover. I mean that commitment and promise with all of my heart, if you follow the steps. But I... You know, I really, I really had to also share my own memoir, my own story, because the, oh, I'm so happy my readers are out there. They're, they're saying they love the book. Okay, great. So what I had to do truly was to claim my own story and share my own story. So I had to be able to live the experience that I was going to teach as a result of my own personal experience of remembering a childhood trauma when I was 36 years old, I was reactivated into this experience that I had dissociated from. That was the reason I used drugs and alcohol. It was the reason I was a workaholic. It was the reason I was, was so controlling and running from my life. At 36, I, I uncovered this memory. And in the journey of, of healing, I have had the profound experience of very bravely facing into the energetic and 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 disturbances and emotional disturbances that were stuck in my body, stuck in my behavioral patterns, stuck in my nervous system. And as a result of making that devotional commitment to do the therapeutic work that I needed to do to get to where I am today, I could now live to tell and write the book that I know now is indeed the guided path from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace. And I'm seeing people all over the world write in and share their experience of this book with relief, really, knowing that, okay, one, I'm not alone in my experience, and two, I have this guidebook now where someone who's lived it can tell me what to do. How has becoming a mother affected your outlook in terms of teaching the lessons you've learned to someone younger than you and to the next generation? It couldn't be more timely that I have a child because my child has, talk about up-leveling yourself. You know, when you have a kid, you can just go deep into your old patterns or you can just get, shine the crystal and just get better and better. For, for me, I made the commitment to myself and to my son that I was going to let this relationship, let him be my guru. Uh, Dr. Shafali is a friend of mine. She texted me on my son's, when my son was born. She said, meet your new guru. 
I was like, yep, that's my son. And I continue to just learn from our relationship every single day. But one of the biggest things I learned from it, and I write about this in the book in a chapter called Reparenting Yourself. I write about how during COVID, I started really practicing a lot of the principles that I learned from Dr. Dan Siegel and Dr. Becky and all these amazing child psychologists. Upon really applying those principles, I realized I never had this in my life. You know, where was, where was this for me? This was not my experience. And I realized that while I did not receive that from my parents, I could go back and give that to myself. And so I've had this beautiful opportunity of witnessing that the tools I use with my son actually can be equally as beneficial when applied to me. And I wrote a whole chapter in Happy Days about that called Reparenting Yourself. How do you think that someone who's new to the concept of spirituality can think about integrating some of these lessons about spirituality that, into their if life? If someone's new to spirituality but feels like they want to dive deeper, any one of my my early books, I mean, really all of my books are spiritual books, but I would probably say, go read my book, The Universe Has Your Back or uh, Super Attractor. Those are two books that I think are really great door openers for new spiritual seekers. I also have a book called Spirit Junkie, which I believe is great for addicts. So we were talking about addicts earlier, and I think that Spirit Junkie would be a really good, good place for that person to start and, and get some support. What are some practical tips for just regular life? Being more curious about your feelings, you know, checking in with yourself rather than overriding yourself, checking in with yourself and just asking, okay, well, what's, what's that about? You know, what do I need right now? What am I noticing that I'm, am I breathing? Am I, am I clenched? So just becoming curious. I, I also believe that breath is one of our greatest tools. And right now we have so many people struggling with anxiety disorders and just overall, Un, unrecognized issues because of the trauma that the world has been faced with. So I think breath practices, like very simply breathing in for two strokes through your nose and then out one stroke through your mouth. So it would be like this. You can just do that a few times for a minute. If you keep that up for about a minute or even 50 seconds, 30 seconds, you'll start to feel your whole nervous system settle. So there's so many practices like that inside Happy Days as well, because I wanted people to not just have to think, okay, I have to go get a therapist to do this deeper work, but that there's stuff that you can actually do right here, right now. Do you ever feel like you fail in your quest to be spiritual in your daily life? Like, do you ever feel like you fall short of the ideals that you set for yourself? Like sometimes I fall asleep without doing my skincare routine and I feel like it's a personal failing for me as a plastic surgeon. Or I wake up and I'm sleeping on my face instead of on my back and I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a disappointment to myself and my patients. But do you ever have well, your version of Well, first of, of all, that? I'm a side sleeper, but I did get the pillow that you recommended. And that was um, not only the most comfortable pillow, you have to go follow whatever pillow you were talking about, it was the most comfortable, but also it was really, I can see how I sleep on my side, but I can see how it's helping a lot. So thank you. Um, back to the practices. So I believe that I have always believed in progress, not perfection. I believe that's probably one of my superpowers because my willingness to be imperfect actually is why I've been able to write nine books in 11 years and why I could just, you know, fly on here with my kitten and just chat with you and not get hung up about things. So I don't get hung up about things and I forgive myself fast. And I believe that 
one of the greatest principles of being a spiritual student is to be able to forgive, forgiving others, forgiving yourself, forgiving your thoughts, forgiving behaviors. So that willingness and ease with which I forgive actually has given me not the the opposite of, of judging myself with my spiritual practice, but in, in fact, priding myself in my ability to witness, oh, that could have been better. You know, you could have done that a little bit differently. And instead of harping on it, just forgiving myself and choosing again. That, uh, it is the greatest spiritual practice. Did you have an, any inkling when you were just starting out that that people would find so much in you to resonate with? that you were going to have nine New York Times bestsellers, that so many people were going to feel so emotionally connected to you and your story? Because it, it's really quite remarkable. It's I so cool. I believe that I did have a vision forward of what, what would continue to occur. The biggest thing I did not know was how much more healing I had. So like I said, I've been, when I remembered the trauma at 36, I'd already written, I don't know, seven books, something like this. You know, I'd been on Oprah. I'd had a huge life and career behind me. And then boom, this huge, and I'd already written a memoir, right? But then the real story was never even revealed until I was, you know, six years later, whatever it was, or even a decade later. Uh, so I, I do believe that the vision forward was always very clear for me. And the way that I have gotten here is actually not what I expected in terms of the, the personal growth that I would have to undergo, but it's way better than I could have planned for, even though it was difficult. Yeah, that's really amazing. Do you believe in the power of manifesting? Yeah. Uh -huh. Like kind of a future vision? I have a, a book called Super Tractor, which is Methods for Manifesting a Life Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. So. Much of what I teach is about manifesting, but let's begin by saying the biggest secret to manifesting is to get good with you, to really work on your internal condition. Because you can practice all the manifesting methods you want, but if you're not healing the belief systems that are stuck and lacking, then you're gonna really continue to maybe manifest that thing you want, but you don't believe you're worthy of it, so you'll lose it, right? So the healing your beliefs is probably the most crucial element but of course there's beautiful practices in manifesting whether they be visioning or meditations uh practices for just choosing better thoughts to reach for a better energy and when you're in that better energetic state you're more of an attractive energetic being to bring in what it is that you want into your life and i think that the messages around manifesting are really empowering for people because not everyone can raise their hand and say, yeah, I want to work on my trauma, but everyone can raise their hand and say, yeah, I want to manifest. So my job as a spiritual teacher has been to use this gateway, this conversation around manifesting as an opportunity to help my readers and my, my followers go a little deeper and start to think about things in a little bit more of a meaningful way so that, you know, we often think like, the the desire for the relationship or whatever gets you in the door to the healing but then there's so much more what's the best piece of advice that you've been given i would say lots of little right actions take lots of little right actions to achieve your goals 
when I was early in my sobriety, I had a friend named Joel and he was a sober friend and he had had a lot of success in his career. And I asked him, you know, what is it that you did to get here? And he said, I took lots of little right actions. And so not just for my career, but for my, my personal growth, for my parenting, for every area of my life, every relationship I have is lots of little right actions towards the desired goal, rather than thinking, oh, I have to fix everything overnight. Because if we think that's the case, we're just never going to, we'll always fear failure because how can you just get everything done overnight? I, I like that. My kids like that song in, um, in Frozen 2. Yes, such a good right song. Thing. These movies are so profound. That song is it can be difficult to figure out your path forward, but if you just do the next right thing, then you kind of navigate through the woods a little bit. I think that's very helpful advice. Um, when we're kind of trying to figure out the next right thing and the next path forward, um, I, I, I sometimes wonder, you know, you have such a strong public presence and so many people look up to you. Do you ever feel that it's difficult to be a public figure or are there any dark sides of it for you? Like, do you ever not enjoy being I have it, well, I have a good situation going at the moment. My husband calls me Whole Foods Famous. You know, it's like, I'm not really, like, I'm not like, like really a public, I mean, maybe I guess I'm a little bit of a public, public figure, but I don't think of myself as so visible. Um, while I do, you know, have a lot of readers I meet on the streets, it's not overwhelming. So it's really actually heart opening. But I would say that the biggest concern would be like, thankfully, I'm a very nice person and I absolutely do practice what I preach. But it would be a big concern if you saw me being a total asshole at a restaurant or something like that. And of course, there's times in life where you might, you know, as a human, get annoyed with somebody or, and it's always those moments when someone's like in the corner and they walk over and they're like, I'm a reader. I'm like, damn it. You know? So I think that um, I have to be on my best behavior. <laughs> But but for the most part, I really, I really do. I love that whole food famous is funny. <laughs> it's not like very funny. We're gonna buy that. I'm like Central You're Central Park, Park I'm famous. Like Central Park famous. Like that's like one level below. Yep, I'm like food. health food store famous, and you are definitely Central Park famous. <laughs> only like the uh, only like the on the east side, only like the <laughs> northeast part of Central Park. That's so cute. <laughs> um do you ever feel like people um take social media in a cruel direction or troll you or say stuff that intrudes on your no personal i don't space? actually i'm sure it's out there but i don't look for it i don't i don't really get a lot of it i'm not really on social media i don't show my child on social media i that's why I think I'm so aggressive about showing my cats. <laughs> but um, I don't, I, you know, I don't show my husband really. I'm, I'm quite private with specific things, but very public with the teachings and the personal experiences that will be in the service to other people. Uh, so, no, I don't, I don't feel that there's a lot of negativity on my feed. Uh, and if there is, I don't see it, truthfully. Um, and I have this process I call forgive and delete. You know, if somebody's like acting out, it's like, Thank you know I forgive you and I like to let you go now, but mainly I just get annoyed by bots. Bots are just pain in the ass. I love forgive and delete. These are just gems left and right. That's like the new catch and release. This is like the internet era's catch and release. 
release is forgive and delete. I love this. I have to write that down. Um, well, I wanted to ask you just a, another couple of questions because our time is running out, but you're such an inspiration to so many people um, that I wanted to ask you to give everybody listening here like a couple of final words of advice or direction because so many people look to you for some guidance. So do you have some like kind of words of affirmation yeah, or some I think ideas that, um, for people? There's a, there's so, you asked the wrong person if I have words of affirmations and ideas. I could sit here for, with you for three more hours. But what I what I would say is just based on something that happened to me today, I've uh, been invited, a publisher reached out to my agents about a children's book. And that's exciting. But the point of what I'm saying was more about the need for us to be regulated, not only for ourselves, but for the next generation. So we are living in very, very tumultuous, scary times, traumatizing times. We owe it to ourselves and to our nervous system, to the energy we put out into the world, to do whatever it takes to find the resources to get to a place of inner safety. Whether it's reading happy days or listening to a talk, a conversation like this, whatever it might be, getting a therapist. And we also owe it to our kids because, and I know a lot of your viewers are moms, and I, I just believe that the energy that we bring into our home dictates the future of that child's life. So our child is always co-regulating with our energy and we need to show up for our own nervous system so that we can support theirs. And by having a resilient parent teaches the child resilience, teaches the child that they have the ability to self-soothe, teaches the child to grow up with more confidence. And so I hope that we can do that for ourselves so that we can bring it to our kids. I love that as a mother and fellow professional. I think that that's really- Don't you have a ton of children? Advice. How many kids do you have? Yes, I mean, oh my I have God. Six kids. These little tiny women who have these multiple children. <laughs> Pretty amazing to me. It's truly amazing. Um, yeah. You know, I think that we're all modeling not only with our behavior and teachings and actions, but also just everything we say and do. We're modeling for each other, but for the next generation. They and they're listening. Those little those little ones, they are paying attention yes, to everything that we do. That's exactly the good right. and the That's bad. Exactly right. <laughs> You're recording me all week. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Gabby. I really appreciate your time. You are incredible. You're so brilliant and inspirational. And I know all of us have really appreciated all of your wisdom. Um, where can people find you and look out for your next big thing? I have a upcoming? podcast called Dear Gabby. So if you go to Apple or Spotify and just type in Dear Gabby, you can find the podcast. And I'm on at Gabby Bernstein here on Instagram, where I share tons of video and a lot of conversations around uh, personal growth and mental health and meditation and spiritual practices. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm just so thrilled to be here with you. And I also want to just close this conversation by saying that your lash serum is epic. epic. I mean, you already know that. Yeah. I know my lashes are Look at my really happening right now. <laughs> and if they're helping my, it's helping my eyebrows too. Is it okay that I'm putting on my eyebrows?
Yes, of course. Platinum long lash is good for lashes and brows. I'm using it on both also with my extreme Oh, I have to get the mascara. mascara. What have I been doing this whole time? Oh my yeah. Thank you. Okay. I've been doing this whole time. Really um, no, it's legit product, and I've seen your lashes. They're like spiders. They're so beautiful. <laughs> That's spider. Nice, That's nice spiders. spiders. Like like, like little toddler spiders. lashes that are perfect. <laughs> like truly, the most truly, attractive truly, really spiders, right? Um, but thank you. This was so fun. And I'm grateful to be able to have this conversation with you. Many people are asking about the cat and the pillow. So the kitten is is a bangle and you can go to bangle embrace to go get these guys those are the breeders that give me my babies and then the pillow what's the pillow so the basic advice that i was talking about with gabby is that to avoid positional wrinkles you want to have an impeccable skincare routine with vitamin c hyaluronic and retinol bacuchiol and you can you know, shop my skincare line at drlaradevgan.com. Um, and you want to sleep on your back to avoid positional wrinkles. Otherwise, you're going to get um, deeply etched fine lines like in your nasolabial fold and marionette line. So a memory foam pillow, no particular brand, but like really any memory foam pillow will help you sleep on your back. So I'm just thinking you know, on just my side. Memory foam. Let me ask you this. What's the, and then we also want a silk pillow, pillow cover, right? Like potentially going to help you not break your hair quite as much, but awesome. you know, okay. that's okay. just okay. for fun. And then one last question. Is it okay to use the retinol or retin-A in the summertime? I don't go in the sun. So so our retinol bacuchiol serum has been specifically formulated to be safe to use year round and retinol improves skin cell turnover. So it's great for fine lines. Bacuchiol is a plant-based antioxidant um, that helps temper the retinol and works really well with it to reduce redness and dryness. So it's really nice for beautiful, smooth skin. Um, it helps with fine lines, enlarged pores, hyperpigmentation, and overall Great answer. And glow of the skin. Leave it to this professional woman here. <laughs> it's so nice to be with you. And I will, um, I definitely have to try out that retinol because I find that if I use like a really strong one, it might be way too much for the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would start with a 2.5 strength because it's um, a little bit more gentle and you can use the vitamin CBE ferulic immediately before that to improve retinol absorption. And then in the morning, you want to use our hyaluronic serum, which is a mixed molecular weight hyaluronic. So if you're still with me, that's our serum. Yeah, go get that everybody. We all need it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, everyone, it was so nice to be with everyone. And I hope you have a nice dinner with your six children and <laughs> wherever they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go Thank right you. Now. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.